you have your Bibles, turn with us to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. For our reading, we'll be in the first 10 verses. First 10 verses for our reading. As we continue to consider the Sundays of Advent, this is the third Sunday of Advent. It's the Sunday of joy. And so often when we think of joy, we initially begin to think of being happy. However, when we come to understand joy, we realize that happiness is is based upon our current circumstances. And as our circumstances change, so does the feeling of happiness change. But joy is based on a relationship and the assurance in Jesus Christ. In spite of whatever our circumstances may be. Now a Muslim couple became Christians in Syria. For this particular couple embracing Christianity meant losing their families according to the wife her parents didn't know about her conversion because they had fled to another country but she said her family was a very conservative family they were sheets if they had heard of her conversion uh, they would kill her You know, that still goes on in the world that we're living in. Her and her husband would lose their children if their lives were spared. But even despite this uncertain future of hers, she said that her faith continued to grow each and every day. Now she participates in discipleship classes and she's become to under, she's come to understand that as Christians we will be persecuted. She said the biggest change in her life is that she knows now that she has eternal life and her name has been written in the book of life. She stated God has given me peace and joy. She may not be happy about her circumstances. I can understand why she wouldn't be happy in the midst of her circumstances. But she has a joy. A joy the world couldn't give her and the world can't take away. That's the beauty of knowing Jesus as a Savior. I want to remind us all it is a wonderful life when we're living with joy. Now today, I have no desire to minimize anyone's pain or suffering. I have no desire to minimize anybody's heartache. But I'm aware that even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our suffering and heartache, that if we take our focus off of our circumstances and place our focus on Jesus Christ, we will find that the only joy that will stay with us, the only joy that will lift us up is found when we are delighting in Jesus Christ. To experience joy and 
in the face of adversity is to delight in Jesus above all else. With all the things that we love in this world, with all the people that are a part of us in this world, it, it can be hard from, for us from time to time to delight in Jesus above everything and everyone else. But when we do, we find no matter what comes our way, we can still experience joy. Well, the prophet speaks to us about the joy of the Lord. He speaks to us about this in Isaiah 11 verses 1 through 10. And the Bible says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth and shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, the young ones shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, the nursing child shall play by a cobra's hole and the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. <laughs> Oh, the joy we have when this is our focus. This is God's word. Pray with us. God, as we come before you today, we just thank you. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your only begotten son into this sin-cursed world to reconcile us to you. And God, in reconciling us to you, we have a hope we have peace. We have joy that is unspeakable. God, we have the, the knowledge of your word. And your word tells us that there's coming a day that's better than this day today. There's coming a day, God, when there'll be peace forevermore. There's coming a day, God, that we can look to. And as we look to that day, we shall have joy in our hearts for knowing that day can belong to us now God we pray that as we open your word today that you would fill our hearts and minds that you would hide me behind the cross that you would speak to your people and God that you would move upon those who don't know you through your son Jesus Christ 
And as you move, as you minister, we give you praise for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. At the time of Isaiah's prophecies, the children of Israel were guilty of spiritual indifference. What I mean by that is they were not concerned about obeying God's word. They were not concerned about obeying God's commandments. They were not concerned about hearing God's prophets. They were just indifferent to God. Israel had become a hard-hearted, an idol-worshiping, and hypocritical nation. And for this, God's discipline upon Israel was going to be painful and filled with sorrow. But in the midst of the grief that they would experience, God gave them a promise. In their darkness, there would be reason for hope and joy. Isaiah announces that the Messiah would come. The New King, uh, the New King James Version says that a rod from the stem of Jesse would come. The stem of Jesse would appear to be King David. And God had promised King David that the Messiah would come through him. And in 2 Samuel 7 and 16, the Bible says that you and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. So according to Isaiah, from this stem, there would come a branch. This branch would grow out of its roots. And he shares that upon this branch would rest the spirit of the Lord. And he would have the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now this was promised to the children of Israel 700 years later. A young virgin betrothed to a man, a good man by the name of Joseph, out of the house of David, was told by the angel of God that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and she would conceive a son and God would give him the throne of David. About 30 years later, Jesus went to his cousin John who was preaching by the Jordan and he was preaching a message of repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was baptizing those in the Jordan and when John saw Jesus he looked and said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world at that moment John was making clear to them to understand that the prophecies of Isaiah has now been fulfilled while the discipline that Israel would experience would be painful while they would experience great sorrow Isaiah still had a message that would give them hope. A message that would not only give them peace and not only give them hope, but a message that would fill them with joy. If the children of Israel would by faith believe this message, it would change their lives. No matter what they would have to endure for the sin of the past, their joy would be centered in their faith in what was to come. Oh, I love it how Paul says, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's forgetting his past. 
And he's pressing forward toward the mark of the high calling. I, I, I like that because it lets me know my past can't hinder my future. And we need to understand that. that no matter what has, has troubled us in our past, that our future is already settled in Jesus Christ. Folks, if we place our faith and our focus on the promises of our Lord and Savior... No matter the current circumstances, no matter what we've ha- we have to endure in this sin-cursed world, this world can't rob us of our joy. And our joy cannot be molested when it's centered on the promises of what's to come. Boy, there's something great coming. <laughs> I don't know if we're aware of that, but there's a day that's going to be great that's coming. A day unlike any day we've ever experienced in this world. And... Here in the passage, Isaiah tells us a couple promises that's going to make this day great. And one of those promises is there's going to be a righteous rule of Christ. Oh, I I don't know if that really sinks into us of how great a day that's going to be. But at the righteous rule of Christ... That's going to be a day unlike any we've ever known. And here, let me give us this little bit of, um, this little nugget to live, live with. If we're here today, before Jesus comes to rapture his church, if we're here and we know him as Lord and Savior, in other words, in the church age, if we come to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when he reigns upon his throne, we will reign with him. Oh, it's going to be a glorious day. You know, there are many who say that the Christ has yet to come. There are those who say, well, the Christ has come, but he lived and he died and he was buried. And then there's those who are like you and I, who says that he has come. He lived He died. He was crucified. He was buried. On the third day, he arose, and he's coming back to receive his church. And not only is he going to come back to receive his church, he's going to return again and establish his kingdom here on earth. And when he establishes his kingdom, he won't come back as a lamb who was led to the slaughter. Oh, no. He's coming back king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, he did come, and he's coming. He lived a perfect and a sinless life, and he gave himself to be the sacrifice for the sin of the world. And he provided a way for us to be made righteous and to be reconciled to God. But when he comes to reestablish or to establish his kingdom on earth, this will be what we hear, or what we may know as the millennial reign of Christ. He will sit upon the throne of David and he will rule the world. Isaiah says that he will establish a true righteousness and justice on earth. But he will not be like any ordinary judge who gives his opinions based upon imperfect knowledge. He will not judge by what appears to be right or what appears to be false. He will not judge based upon the testimony of men and women. He will not judge based upon bribery, or nor will he be influenced by public opinion. And neither will he show any favoritism or impartiality. Instead, every judgment will be based on true justice. Every judgment will be based for the poor, for the meek, and for the oppressed. We had better be careful how we treat 
treat those who are poor. We had better be careful how we, how we treat those who are meek. We better be careful how we treat those who are oppressed because God's coming back and he's going to judge according to how we dealt with them. He will execute justice against the wicked with the very breath of his mouth. Revelation 19 and 15 says, Now out of the mouth goes a sharp sword, that, it, that with it it shall strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron, for he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. Listen, when we think of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we need to go ahead and think of God. He is God in flesh. He is the very word of God. He is the very mouth of God. And when he, and he has been given all authority in heaven and earth to sit as judge, a righteous judge upon the earth. Jesus, he will wear righteousness and faithfulness as a belt. And in his perfect judge, justice... The words injustice and oppression will be a thing of the past. There won't be any more injustice. There won't be any more, any more oppression. For he will rule. You know, the psalmist in the first, very first psalm, he gives us an indication of righteousness and what it looks like in a human being. He lets us know how it's lived out. He shares that the righteous man refuses to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He refuses to stand with sinners. He refuses to sit with the scornful. But he delights in the law of the Lord always. He meditates on the law of the Lord always. And, for, and, because, and because of this, he's rooted and he is grounded in righteousness. And even when it doesn't look like it, he prospers. <laughs> that's what a righteous man looks like a righteous man isn't one who's starting coups a righteous man isn't one who's starting revolts a righteous man isn't one who's starting protests a righteous man isn't one who's trying to get a gang together to settle things but a righteous man is one who delights in the word of God and he trusts God to fulfill his word that doesn't make us weak it makes us wise George Washington stated that it's impossible to righteously govern the world without God and the Bible. <laughs> oh, if our politicians believe that today. Now, uh, thank God we got some local politicians that do believe that. Ain't that right, Brother Gerald? But as far and few between for those who are governing the nation. I better move on. You know, and because of this, we see that our society has long ago turned its back on God and the Bible. Society today is anything but righteous. If we watch, if we read any news media outlet today, it's shaded. Or should I use the word jaded? It is, they're not going to tell us the truth. 
they're going to tell us what they want us to hear. And they're going to want us to respond in a manner that would satisfy them. We'll find that we live in a time when society is just gripped with the spirit of lawlessness and wickedness. However, we who have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and believe that he will establish his kingdom, we can live with joy. When our joy is cemented in the faith in, in faith in the promises of Jesus Christ, we won't allow the wickedness and the lawlessness of our society to change who we are in Christ. Instead, we'll choose to live as the children of light in this dark world. We'll choose to be what the Apostle Paul described as a peculiar people, a people who don't talk like the world, a people who don't walk like the world, a people who don't live like the world. We will not be shaken by false testimonies of the world. Neither will we be influenced by public opinion of what they say is right and what they say is wrong. Of what we should or shouldn't do. Instead, we'll continue to live in the righteousness of Christ. Sharing the gospel and living with joy. I don't know if y'all get it or not. But we're living in a time when they're trying to tell us sin is okay. We're living in a time when they're trying to tell us it's all right to set yourself above others. We're living in a time when they're telling us that if you don't have this education, you don't matter as much as others. And I want to tell you that we don't find that in God's word. We want to raise our children by books that's been written by man when this book will tell us exactly how to raise our children. We want to know how to lead offices when this book will tell us how to be leaders in this cold, dark world. We want everything from the world to, to influence us, but this is what's got to influence us. Because when Jesus comes back, this is all that'll matter. It'll be a righteous rule of Christ and when he rules righteously we'll find that there'll be restoration to creation with the sin of Adam and Eve that took place in the Garden of Eden a cycle began one that they there's no way they could have ever considered that this would take place prior to their sin there was harmony between them and God Prior to their sin, there was harmony between them. <laughs> well, that, that would be wonderful just to know, wouldn't it? How harmonious that first husband and wife really were with one another. Oh, we got, we got people who want to tell us how we should be as husband and wife. I'd love to know Adam and Eve's thoughts on prior to the sin in the garden. I believe we can learn more from them than anybody else of how a husband is to treat his wife and how a wife is to treat her husband. Because prior to their sin, they were in harmony with one another. But not only that, they were in harmony with creation. Oh, the animals would just come whenever Adam called them. Adam had dominion over them and they were subject to him. Oh, but that all changed in the garden. 
one sinful act disturbed it and it filtered down throughout time. After their sin, harmony between man and God meant blood would have to be shed. Down through the ages at the appointed time, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to shed his blood for the remission of sin once and for all. And now man can be in harmony with God, but only when we believe Jesus Christ and receive him as our personal savior. Harmony with God through Jesus If we have that, we must have harmony with one another, hadn't we? For the Bible teaches us that the world will know that we love God by our love for one another. Even Jesus said in John 13 and 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But we are broken and flawed people. And as Christians, we are to be in harmony with each other. But our harmony with each other is not yet complete. Harmony between man and man and harmony between man and creation will be fixed at the righteous rule of Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he will restore creation itself and bring peace to the earth. Reverend Russ Barksdale said this. He said, lambs don't hang out with wolves. If they do, they become lamb chops. Cattle don't hang out with lions. If they do, they become ribeyes. And children don't play with cobras because if they do, they'll roll snake eyes. You'll get that later. But with the righteous reign of Christ, a radical change will take place in the nature of animals. No longer will animals be wild and vicious, but they will be tame and peaceful. Wild animals such as wolves, leopards, lions, and bears will live with the lamb, with the goat, the calf, the cow, and the ox. Little children will even be safe in the presence of wild animals. And all fear and danger will be erased. Oh, folks, you know I have reason to uh, be joyous over this, don't you? Man, a day when my real fear of snakes will be gone? Yeah. Man, I'm joyful for that. I wish it was gone now, but it's not. No matter what I try, I can't get over it. But one day, I won't have to worry about it. No matter the circumstances that surround me, just knowing that there's a day that there will be harmony like we've never seen between man and God. Man and man, and man in God's creation brings joy to my soul. Folks, instead of looking at the past, we've got to look to our future. Oh, when we think about the future, it should bring joy to our souls. The scene that ushered in this joy that we have, these promises that we have, We can find that in the gospel of Luke where we can see that in the country of Bethlehem where Jesus was born while watching their flocks by night. The angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terrified. 
terrified. They were afraid. But the angel said unto them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There, will, there that night was born in the city of David, the Savior, Christ the Lord. The angel said they would find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there with the angel out of nowhere was a heavenly host who were praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth goodwill toward men I want to tell you just to be in that kind of presence ought to give us joy but what happened was the son of God came into this sin cursed world preparing himself to be the sacrificial lamb of God so that you and I could be reconciled to God so that you and I today before Jesus returned can have this joy to look forward to the return of our Lord the birth of our Savior, it ushered in the joy that we have knowing that the righteous reign of Christ, at that reign, creation will be restored. There will indeed be peace and goodwill toward men. Can I ask, can I ask where does your joy lie? I'm well aware that there is chaos in this world. I'm well aware that we can find trouble on every hand. But folks, one day all that's going to change. One day the very nature of man is going to change. And there will be true harmony between God and man. We will worship like we've never worshipped before. We will see him in all his glory. And all we want to do is please him. Our own selfish desires will never get in the way of our worship of God again. There will be harmony between man and man. There will be no hostility, no conflict, no divisiveness, no discrimination. None of that will fill our hearts. There won't be any sowing of discord among the brethren. There won't be any unethical behavior taking place. In other words, there won't be any water cooler meetings behind everybody's back. There won't be any gatherings in the parking lot to try to settle things in the church in their own opinion. Nobody will be trying to get the upper hand on anyone else. Nobody will be trying to undermine others. They will be just enjoying the presence of God and there will be harmony between man and God's creation destruction of life and property will come to an end instead the knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth the message of the gospel of a personal and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ will be everywhere and will be filled with an unspeakable joy Oh, it's a wonderful life to live with joy as we look toward what is promised us. And I, I want to tell you, if the only hope we have is in this world, then we're already miserable. If you have no hope beyond this world, you are miserable. And you might as well admit it. But that can change. That can change. As they begin to prepare for our invitation. The righteous, true righteousness will rule upon the earth. 
people will obey the laws of the Lord. They will heed his commandments. The Savior will save the Gentiles as well as the Jews. The Savior will actually be the banner around which all people and nations of the earth will rally. Luke's gospel tells us in 13 and 29, Jesus said, they will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and will sit down in the kingdom of God. Oh, it's a wonderful life to live with joy, but you can only live with this joy if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you believe in the finished work of Christ, he lived He died. He arose on the third day. And if you're willing to surrender your life to him, confessing him as your Lord and Savior, you can experience this wonderful joy with a hope that goes beyond this world. Oh, it's a wonderful life when we live with joy. It's a wonderful life when we look to our future with Jesus every head bowed every eye closed there may be someone today I don't know there may be someone today who's just tired of living the way you've been living who's tired of not having this joy within oh that can end today all you have to do is believe that Jesus is the son of God that he left the portals of glory and come to this sin cursed world and lived a sinless life and he died for you so that your sins could be forgiven if you believe that he arose on the third day to give you hope I'm talking about an assurance that we will rise also That death no longer has a hold on us. That the grave can no longer hold us down. That we will live forever. Oh, if you believe this and you're willing to surrender your life and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you pray with me? While everybody's praying, would you just pray with me? God, I'm tired. I'm tired of living this life. And your word teaches me that I don't have to live this life. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he, is a, he was sinless on earth. I believe they crucified him. I believe for my sins, he died on a cross. And for me, he arose on the third day. And he's coming back, Lord, to receive his bride. God, I believe that and I want to be part of his bride. God, I confess my sins to you. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. God, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, God, for loving me and giving me a new life. Now, God, I'm going to look to you to lead me as I walk in this life anew.